Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening <sighs> up in the stars above for today, the last week of April. I can't even believe it, right? And what a week we have ahead. It's not necessarily a, a bad week. We just have a lot going on right now. And a lot of it, uh, a lot of what is going on right now feels to me like it's treading water or swimming through the dark pools of water or uh, the, the slogging through of mud, <laughs> right? Slow, kind of, especially this morning, kind of a, a dreamy, sleepy kind of day. And a part of that is happening because we have so many planets in Pisces right now, and Pisces a water sign, Pisces a sign that also tends to bring us into that more contemplative or meditative state. And uh, at this point in time, we have what we call a stellium of planets in Pisces. Today, we have the moon, Mars, Venus, Neptune, Jupiter. So we have five bodies that are in that sign and three of them are inner planets. The only inner planet not not in uh, Pisces is Mercury. So we have the moon and Mars and Venus. And when we have the inner planets playing in, you know, piling up sort of in a sign, what we get is a more personal expression of what those planets bring us. So we're gonna look at Pisces in general this morning, but specifically to the moon, but anything that I'm saying about the moon, you might as well apply to what the other planets bring to it as well. And including the fact that Mars is in there and Mars is a fire planet. It's the natural ruler of Aries and of Scorpio. It's not, it's the, the more traditional ruler of Scorpio energy, but when it gets into Pisces, Pisces is a sign that Mars likely loses patience with right? Or the, the energy of Mars is confined. It is uh, stacked in inward. And in some people, I've noticed people with headaches, people just feeling sleepy, not wanting to get out of bed, feeling disillusioned, uh, disappointed. That was a word that started coming up uh, before. Let's see, I talked to you guys Friday morning. So as Friday afternoon wore on, I was hearing that from my clients kind of interesting to see the words that start to appear in people's vocabulary around uh, the the planets and their placements. So it's one of those interesting things. Uh, let's say good morning to everybody. Tom Wright. Good morning. He's obviously off to a good start today. Good morning, Tom. And thank you for being here. Kajella, good morning to you. Awesome. Tanya, good to see you. Angela, Christine, hello, and it's great to see you. Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel, I hope you had an awesome birthday weekend. Uh, Requiem for a Tuesday says hello. Christine Buckingham, good morning to you as well. And I'm sure there are others out of you out there uh, hiding behind the scenes. All good to me, but welcome for being and thank you for being here. So let's take a look. First of all, let me give you kind of an idea of what we're going to talk about today. I think I'm going to hold off talking about the deeper pools of energy that relate to the solar return, solar return, solar eclipse uh, until Friday, since the solar eclipse doesn't happen until Saturday. But we know that a solar eclipse is a new moon 
and it's got more energy associated with it because it's sort of jacked up, right? It has much more um, push uh, to it. But this isn't a full-on solar eclipse. This is a partial solar eclipse, which means that the sun will not be completely hidden. So for those people in the parts of the world where this is visible, you'll see the sun, uh, you know, see the Earth's shadow across a part of the disk of the sun, not the whole thing. So it's not a coronal one or an annular solar eclipse. Astrologically, that means that we still get a glimpse at some of the egoic personality energies that we need in order to complete our missions. So I like that. And that particular solar eclipse has, uh, or new moon solar eclipse, has um, a conjunction to Venus and Jupiter. And I like that as well, even if Uranus is in the mix, stirring the pot, as it were. Um, I still think that that one is a pretty good solar eclipse for all of us. It reminds me that some of the, the things that we're experiencing today and into the next few days are fuel that will be added to the potential of what that new moon solar eclipse will uh, be about. So take care now, right? Listen now and pay attention to what the signs are, uh, what the things are that are opening up for you as this is also the last week where all the planets are in forward motion, right? That gets broken up on Friday when, yeah, Friday when Pluto changes direction, he will, he's already been just hanging around at the same degree uh, for a while. And he is going to start his retrograde phase on Friday, the 29th. Now, it's not like there will be a huge change all in that day about how we deal with the work that we do or the things that we do in our lives. But what Pluto in retrograde does is tend to bring some of the power structures, the power struggles, the empowerment potential, the transformational energies inward. So having been able to, for the last several months, to um, enact in the outer world some of the transformations that took place inwardly for us uh, last year. Now we are going to get another opportunity to take that Plutoan uh, transformational energy and bring it inward to us. And likely you won't notice much, right? It's not like uh, Uranus that comes to a planet, slams into it and boom, right? Life changes. It's not like that. It's more subtle, but it's also more empowering. And in other words, you may feel uh, a very powerful push from within to make some changes or to empower yourself or to look at where the power struggles are in your life. So we're going to talk about that more because I think that also is going to play into that new moon. And as well this week, um, Mercury enters into the shadow of the next retrograde cycle. And as we talk about here a lot, Mercury in retrograde is just something to be aware of. It's not, uh, he does have the potential to upset people's communications or to just upset the, the natural way your day runs, right? By throwing little kinks into the ironworks, uh, uh, a traffic jam when you least expect it or when you are, you know, running late for an appointment. Uh, but that is something that we want to be paying attention to. The shadow period is often where we start to see where some of the snafus are, where are some of the things that 
that we are going to have to deal with. And at this point, Mercury will enter the shadow in the sign of Taurus. And then later in the week, in fact, the same day Pluto turns retrograde, so Friday the 29th, then he will have pushed forward into Gemini, and it will be at the four degree mark of Gemini where he turns retrograde. So what that means is the the reason we look at the shadow of the retrograde is because Mercury is entering into the degree span of the zodiac that he will be in retrograde in. So we get sort of the first hints of what's to come from tomorrow, or let's see, 26th, yep, tomorrow, from tomorrow, uh, and then all the way through till it is on May 10th when he turns retrograde. So from tomorrow until May 10th, we're in the shadow period. So pay attention. What's going on? What are the potential loopholes? What are the potential problems? Where are the potentials for... Uh, things to have to be changed, right? You, you're gonna, you're gonna know. You're gonna know. And then on May 10th, he will retrograde back through those same degrees until he gets back to 26 degrees of Taurus, and then he'll turn back to direct motion and go forward through all of the same degrees. So the retrograde isn't necessarily a time for us to be scared or worried or you know throw up our hands in defeat. No. It is a time to take uh, charge of what it is that you see in your life that might need some changing. So, you know, in, in the bigger, grander scheme of things, it isn't always a good time to start something new because there are potential problem points that you have to deal with before you can really do that with all confidence. But we're in the shadow part of it going into the, the solar eclipse, not the actual retrograde. So, while that means that we have still the, the signs up saying go, um, we might have to temper it a little bit with what are we seeing as maybe the potential problem points? What might be the potential fear that we're holding that is going to undermine what we want to do? Uh, and also where might the power get turned off for us or get turned inward, right? So we have to be ready for these kinds of things. And uh, pretty much that is the big news. We do have uh, Venus conjunct Neptune this week and then Venus conjunct Jupiter, who are both in Pisces and that all happening in the lead up to the new moon solar eclipse on Saturday. So uh, interesting, right? Interesting times that we find ourselves in. So let's see, uh, by the way, JLo, hello. I hope you had a wonderful birthday. Pam Zaruba, good morning to you. Gayla, hello. Um, today, uh, we also need to talk about something interesting with Mercury. And as you all know, I'm going galactic. I'm getting more into the galactic ideas of astrology, which have to do with the fixed stars, that have to do with the constellations, that has to do with star systems. And one of the things that I realized this morning, uh, because I have a new app on my phone that warns me when these things are happening, which I just love, it's called Time Nomad, I believe. Time Nomad. Yep, Time Nomad. I'm not sure if it's available for Android phones, but I do know it's available for iPhones. And it um, it's an astrology app, so it does all the same things as far as astrology is concerned. But you can also get an add-on that talks about the fixed stars. So as we look at the day today, we see that Mercury at 26 degrees of Taurus 
is conjunct fixed star Algol. And Algol is a star that many people think of, many uh, in, the, in the ancients, right, the ancient philosophers, they looked at Algol, uh, ancient astronomers, philosophers, and astrologers looked at Algol as a bit of an evil star. Uh, it is a star that sits at the eye of Medusa and in the constellation of Perseus. So it's not necessarily a, an astrological or zodiacal sign, but Perseus is, uh, a, as you know, a warrior. He was the character who was able to cut off the Medusa's head. And Medusa was a Gorgon, right? And, the, and anybody who looked at her in the eye was turned to stone. And it's such an interesting, you know, theme when you think about it, because she was also uh, one of the epitomes of uh, the expression of women, of the power of women, the sexual power, the passionate power, the intuitive power, the re the creative power of the the feminine, of the divine feminine, but also, of course, of women. There was a sense of that power in that when people, men in particular, looked upon her beauty uh, or looked upon her face, they were turned to stone and, you know, were killed, essentially, right? So everything men fear in women is embodied in Medusa and the head of Medusa with the eye of the Gorgon there, the star Algol, promotes sort of that feeling of there's something to fear about the divine feminine. And what is that? And there's a sort of sense too about the Kundalini energy, which is all very mysterious to most of us Westerners. It, it was more of an Eastern concept about this energy that would rise from the, the root of the spine through the spine and up through the crown that um, became our, where we embodied our divine heritage. And there's a lot of stories about the Kundalini as well. So the star Algol also has a connection to that Kundalini rising, but more so the power of the divine feminine embodied in mother nature. And interesting because there's a bit of a Lilith uh, feel to this star as well. It's a very strong and powerful star, but not necessarily evil. And I think that's the sad part about these stars is that sometimes they are, they get this, this uh, uh, history wound up in these mythologies wound up in them, and it can confer the fear, the fearful part of it. And of course, right now, here we are with the earth moving through all of the fear gates in our human design. The gates of fear are all on the spleen center. And right now the, the earth is at the gate 28. And we're going to talk more about that in a minute. But the gate 28 is a fear of purposelessness. Why am I here? Life is meaning. There's no true meaning here. So lots of cool things that we can think about here. Algol is also presumed to be a binary star. That means that there's two stars, but we don't always see the, the two stars. It's kind of like Sirius, like we have Sirius A and Sirius B, but there's also a Sirius C that is kind of hidden behind A and B. Well, with Algol, there's either a planet or another star that causes this star to blink at times. So they call it sometimes the demon star 
because it will blink, it will appear to blink as something is passing across its face. So it's a mysterious place. It is a fearful place, perhaps. It is a place filled with magic and wonder. And I want to uh, bring up my star and planet combinations books with uh, Bernadette Brady's. And so I can show it to you. I had Algo opened and then I dropped the book. Here we go. So you guys can see here is the constellation. This is Perseus, right? And here's the star Algol in the head of the Medusa, right? And that all occurs at 26 degrees of Taurus, the constellation of Taurus. And here we say, it says the principle of Algol, the head of the beast, right? They called the woman's head a beast, intense, focused passion. Algol was called Raz al Ghul by the Arabs, which means the head of the demon. And they considered this demon to be the wife of the devil. The Chinese called the star the star same she, meaning piled up corpses. In Talmudic law, she is the first wife of Adam, Lilith, who left him because she refused to be submissive to his needs. Lilith then fled paradise and became a demon of the wind. She was considered a curse as she contained sexual pleasure and was the cause of all male wet dreams. Algol came to embody everything that men feared in the feminine. She is not the mother face of the goddess, but rather the passionate lover or the whore. <laughs> the words. She is female kundalini energy. This star contains immense female passion and power or the potential power of mother nature, strong, but not evil. Now, the reason I bring that up is because that star is conjunct Mercury, or I should say Mercury is conjunct that star today. In fact, Mercury today is at 25 degrees, 12 minutes. As we move through the day and into tomorrow, he will exactly conjunct this star. But the life of this connection takes on some longevity due to the, the nature of the Mercury retrograde. And while Mercury will move beyond 26 degrees. This is a pivot point for the star, I mean, for the planet on this star. So the messages, which is Mercury, Mercury brings us messages that we are receiving now and into likely uh, until into June, uh, right around June 3rd. So right around Tom's birthday is are, are things that we really want to pay attention to. What is coming up? What is the communication that's coming from within? What are you hearing from outside of you that might be pertinent to what you need to do next or where you need to go or who you need to be? And it portends changes. Mercury is the messenger planet, but he moves fairly quickly. But guess what? He's slowing down. So we are stretching out the nature of change. The nature of fast movement might be the source of trouble in the next few weeks to the next couple of months. So we might want to slow down our role long enough to really see what is happening or to, to divine what is happening before we take big actions. This sign or this uh, planet in conjunction with Algol bodes well for things like trade or for marketing or for business. It has a sense of humor that can make fun of itself when it falls flat on its face. So we have that potential as well. But also because of the nature of Mercury, it has a duality about it, right? Mercury as the ruler of Gemini takes on 
duality or polarity where there are the two sides of everything that we are going to be able to see. So in order to see both sides, you actually have to slow down, right? We have to slow down somewhat, even if sometimes we want to push forward, right? So Algol, uh, I'm sure there are other, um, I'm sure that there are other myths that we can talk about with Algol or Medusa that might play into this. If you, um, even if you just go on to Google and, um, you know, do a search for Algol, A-L-G-O-L, you're going to find all of the myths around that particular point. The thing that I wanted to make everybody aware of is as planets move into connection with these fixed stars, it does bring up some of the more ancient wisdom in that star, in those mythologies that we may have forgotten about. And I feel like with Algol, we're, it, it's playing into the Pisces stellium that we have right now. Remember, a stellium is just, you know, one or two, three, four planets in a sign. And for those of you who are just popping in now at the very beginning of the broadcast this morning, I was talking about the moon having moved into Pisces adding her energy to the stellium in Pisces, which is Mars, Venus, Neptune, Jupiter, and now the moon, five planets in Piscean energy. So when we think about Mercury and Algol joining together, how does that Pisces and stellium, that stellium in Pisces help us um, see what maybe those two coming together bring? And I was thinking about that this morning because that stellium in Pisces brings up sensitivity for all of us, emotional sensitivity, psychic sensitivity, um, even the ability in some respects to see the future. So to read the morphogenetic fields, right? That the invisible lines of energy that grid the planet, that um, tie us or connect us to all beings on the planet, to the planet herself, and what information might we be able to discern if we really chose to tune in? We might be able to read the direction the winds are going to blow next as far as where to apply our passion, right? Algol, passion, what it is that we have fear around. What are we holding ourselves back for? Remember that Pisces is also a sign that holds our victim energy, that holds the places where the savior complex is, that holds the places where our whole victim martyr sort of uh, way of thinking or being on the planet is held. And we're it's not like, you know, this is something for you to be guilty or shamed of because guilt and shame only add fuel to the victim energy. This is about awareness and how can I use my passion and uh, change to read not only the messages, but then take action on the messages, right, that are coming up from the divine. The high side of Pisces stellium or a Pisces moon or any one planet there is about the ability to tap into compassion, right, and the uh, the love principles that are uh, of a more humane or a higher humanity kind of connection. This is uh, what I talk about is unconditional love, where we have forgiveness and understanding, tolerance and acceptance, and the concept of oneness that 
all lives in this universal loving energy of Pisces, right? It's all up in our faces right now. It's so fun. And as well, Pisces energy brings up confusion, uh, partly because it has a Neptune rulership, a connection there. And part of the time, one of the fishes is swimming in the conscious while the other one is swimming in the unconscious or subconscious. So at times we are taking this journey through both of those spheres, right? Where, you know, where, where we might be feeling tired or uh, uh, unclear or confused because maybe there are subconscious or unconscious stimulus coming up. And then later that can change. And now the fish is swimming through the conscious and those things come up to the surface for us to deal with. And this can also play out in the dreams, our dreams, or in dreaminess, or in uh, escape uh, tendencies that we might have. So sleep might be disrupted, at least for the next several days, or having already been disrupted for a lot of you. I've heard that too from a lot of people. Um, but there's also joy in this. Piscean energy can bring us to uh, the fact that if we're living from our passions, if we're living from what we love, if we're living from our truth, then we are able to connect to joy and bliss and to uh, that bigger feeling, that swelling feeling of universal love, right? I know some of you have felt that before, that big love, I call it, right? Where your heart just swells, you feel it as a rush almost of energy that then reaches out to the people around you, to the world around you. Uh, I've had that feeling on many occasions, and that's one of those feelings in Pisces where love just causes that beautiful swell of uh, loving, giving, tolerance, acceptance, uh, compassionate energy. Uh, there's also imagination energy here. Imagination and uh, fantasy and the ability to, to see in the mind's eye, if you will, uh, what's possible, right? The dreaminess can become imagination. The potential negative aspect of this is that it just remains up in the imagination. Uh, it remains a fantasy. We actually have to do work to bring it into and ground it into the physical. And that's uh, why you could look at the feet as being one of the body parts that are in the in the body that are associated with Pisces, right? The feet, bringing it down to the earth, setting it down on the ground. Um, in the victimology of Piscean energy, the victim are things like defeatist attitudes, right? Where we just want to give up. And I think that also gets triggered a bit for some of us. Uh, because the earth is sitting at the gate 28 in your human design, which is on the spleen center. It is a fear gate. And the fear is that all of this is meaningless, that there's no purpose to life, right? That I'm here struggling because I just don't know why and why must I keep struggling, right? There's that, you can get into that sort of victim-y feeling. We can get defeated by life. And often that is a thing that we're dealing with at this point in time procrastination. I'll put off tomorrow till tomorrow what I don't want to do today, <laughs> uh, which can then trigger panic attacks or anxieties that are born out of the fear or out of the victim energy that we're holding. 
deception then being triggered, anxieties leading to perhaps addictions or disappointment. It was funny because that's the big, that was a big word that I saw a lot of on Friday was disappointment and disillusionment and dissatisfaction. That seemed to be like the precursor words. So maybe we will be dealing with some of that as well. Now, the high side of this in terms of what we can do for the physical being, uh, one, keep your feet on the ground, right? Imagination is great. But if there's something in your imagination that keeps coming up that you're not taking action on, then this is a time to bring it in to the earth, put it on the ground, right? Get it into action here on the physical planet. Uh, as well, this rules toxins and toxicity and poisons in the body. It's, it's the rulership of the lymphatic system. And the lymphatic system, of course, shuttles all of those poisons and toxins out of the body or triggers the immune response in the body to be able to take care of what those toxins are. And those things may be up for everybody as well right now. It can be like an allergic reaction to something, right? The pollen is crazy this time of year, right? So we know, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, but also things like molds and, and foods that we eat or things that we've been drinking or the environment that we find ourselves in might be uh, toxic or poisonous to us. And your body may be responding to that through carrying on through the lymph system or a trigger of your immune system, which can lead to many different things, colds, flus, uh, just that malaise kind of feeling that we get. Uh, I will guarantee you some of you are having the headachey, migrainey feeling as well, but also could be just that achiness, right? Puffy feeling that happens when we are inflamed. So depending on your body, depending on your astrology, it's, it may be showing up in other places uh, in your body. The high side of all of that is to be able to recognize that as having something that has been toxic in your system and then taking steps to clear that out, whether that means getting back out into nature or drinking more lovely water, uh, eating better foods, reducing your exposure to toxic people or toxic emotions, all of that stuff right now in play for all of us. So much fun, right? Uh, so let's see who else is out there. I said hello to Gayla. Good morning, Carol Groji. Oh my gosh, I've missed you. Michelle Gay, good. Good morning to you. It's good to see you. Tom says algol, algorithm. Hmm. I don't know algorithm, algol, but you spelled algol right at least. And Brenda Gagnon. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen you forever. It's great to see you. She says, miss your face, love the best part of COVID. I get to hang out again after too long. <laughs> um, that's right. That, you know, I, I, a lot of people now are back into the workplaces, so it's not always as easy to listen to the show, but uh, I, I still, you know, after the show, after this broadcast is over, uh, because it's broadcast to both Facebook and YouTube, you can catch those broadcasts anytime in those two places. But then I also upload the show to blog talk radio as well as um, anchor which sends it out to spotify and google podcasts and uh itunes which is not itunes iheart radio no uh, no no whatever the itunes one is 
So um, it's everywhere that, so you can get it in podcast or you can watch the videos later on. So it's out there. JLo says, yes, my daughters have been complaining about it. Now I can not make them believe anything. So they just want a Tylenol. Well, sometimes a Tylenol is a good fix, but as the mama, you always get stitcher. Yes. Thank you, Brenda. Uh, as the mom, JLo, you always get to be in the position of, uh, helping them to see what things might be in their field of energy that are toxic to them. Um, anyway, so fun stuff, right? Okay. So if you guys have questions, by the way, feel free to add them into the chat. And uh, I'm just wondering how people are feeling out there right now. Like I feel this morning, like my hands are puffy or I'm just, I, I feel the results of all of that Piscean water energy and uh, all of that kind of uh, potential for that to get stuck. Like, I feel like I need to, you know, drink more water and I don't know, take a, uh, something that like a, a, a diuretic type of food in or uh, drink in because I feel, I feel that puffiness. And of course, in your body, that puffy feeling can also trigger other things, right? If you are someone who's working with an autoimmune disease, that can trigger something, you know, a, a flare up in those kinds of conditions and so on and so forth. And again, a lot of that has to do with your own personal chart. Um, one thing to note about the fixed stars uh, in just a couple of days, hold on, I'll get you the actual date, time nomad. Uh, the moon is going to be at Algol. And let's see here. No, I didn't mean the lunar month. Close. I meant the fixed stars. There we go. Um, the moon will be there. Oh, you're not going to tell me. Well, I'll find that date for you. It's going to be in, well, it happens at 26 Taurus. Tomorrow the moon moves the moon moves into Taurus on Wednesday. No Aries, Aries, Taurus Friday. So it's going to probably be over the weekend. Um, luckily, it's not going to be at the solar eclipse <laughs> where the moon joins Algol. But uh, after the solar eclipse, the moon will join uh, Algol and we'll have that energy. And remember on Friday, we talked about Saturn at uh, Deneb and that Deneb, remember this was uh, where we have the idea of laws that we live by and the values that we live by and Saturn duty and responsibility for living out the highest of those laws or of those agreements that we have. And I, I even was thinking about that after the show was over and um, thinking about that star in relationship to Saturn and our commitments that we have, right? The things that we're committed to and the relative rightness of them or the not rightness of them and the need then to make those changes that are in, uh, that make you live in congruency to your authentic self, right? That's the big thing there. Uh, um, let's see. Brenda needs quick healing. Okay, Brenda, we're sending it to you. Uh, Gala, dandelion tea is great. Yes, I knew there was something. Uh, thanks, Gala. Debbie, Tibbetts, I'm having major elimination problems today and painting is off too. 
uh, going to take a break and drink water and do much of nothing. I think that's probably a good idea. And one thing we want to be aware of is that we also have quite a bit going on in Taurus. And the opposite sign of Taurus is is uh, uh, Scorpio. Scorpio rules the elimination system. So the potential is for to become constipated, if you will, where you're holding on to too much and find yourself in a position of needing to release. Or the other end of the spectrum would be, in the middle would be normal. At the other end of the spectrum would be diarrhea, where you are releasing in a mad way, right? Mad releasing energy. And in Taurus right now, we have the sun, we have Uranus, we have uh, the North Node, we have Mercury. So we have, a, you know, a sort of pseudo uh, stellium in Taurus as well. So we have pressure on us to make changes, but that bumps us up against our comfort zones, right? The places where we might be stuck. And, you know, our bodies are these beautiful tools, these beautiful machines that are going to show you when you're out of alignment. It's like, you know, you have your printer, let's say, and you're printing lots of stuff. And all of a sudden the printer starts, you know, telling you that there's paper, a paper jam, right? That machine is telling you, I have a problem, please fix me. Your body is telling you the same, right? Wherever your body is out of sync, it's information that you need to know right? Your body is designed for health. Your body is designed to live for 120 years. Did you guys know that? Right? There's been some scientific stuff going on with Bruce Lipton and um, uh, whoa, what is his name? Um, Greg Braden. And, you know, they, they've worked out the idea that our bodies could with, you know, out all of the toxins and stuff that we take in, live to be 120 years old right? Mm, it's amazing. Uh, so it's our opportunity now, right? To, to clear those things out, to let go of the baggage, if you will, right? The opposite sign Scorpio is where the South node is. And the South node is sort of the receptacle holding all of the things that we've experienced, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And in that then are the gifts and talents that we need to push outward toward the North node, which is in Taurus. Um, but that forces us to have to release as well, right? The releasing comes first so that we can be clean and clear and motivated to move over to the new energy. So that is happening. Uh, Brenda, um, <laughs> you spent your life taking care of everyone. What does Janet need? <laughs> what can we do for you? I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what you guys can do for me. Um, hit the thumbs up button right? Share the video with your friends, hit the like button if you're on Facebook and uh, do that, right? Do that. Because I, as I have been moving through the new things that I'm studying and working with people about uh, through Akashic Records and through uh, soul work with people, I discovered that my own soul purpose is divine communication. So it's hard to have divine communication if you don't have people to talk to. So you people give me the group, the community to bounce my ideas off of or 
to talk to about astrology or human design or gene keys or soul purpose or uh, soul realignment, galactic astrology, my new favorite thing. And so that is what you can do to me, for me. Keep listening. Thank you, Brenda. That was a really sweet thing to say. And um, uh, I just feel like sometimes though that, and I think that's normal. If you are a divine communicator, there may be, may be times when you feel like no one's listening. And then I have to go quiet for a while and I have to figure out, well, am I not saying what people need to hear? Did I stray off of my divine purpose, which is literally as a channel of information coming in? So as, as on Friday, where I introduced the new soul alignment reading, and in that soul alignment reading, which I've discounted right now to $89 so that it's affordable and it is jam-packed with information for you about your soul and about your soul's purpose and um, how you can tell when your soul is aligned with that purpose, how you can tell when you've gone astray. And then sometimes some of you might even discover that it's gone into the dysfunctional side of the soul purpose. What is your soul's vibration level? What are you vibrating at? And what's the next level up? And how are you going to know when you get to that next level? And even uh, a, a quick overview of what your soul group is, where, where, what group of souls from which galactic star system are you most aligned to, right? Or where you are most uh, connected. And trust me when I say doing this so far for both test clients, which haven't gotten that information yet because uh, I'm still doing the realignment part of it as well. Um, it has been so fascinating to see where everybody has been or what their uh, soul um, group is. And it's not failed to shock me. It's not failed to go, oh, wow, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, and of course, the next step as I learn more is about doing galactic astrology readings. I'm going to give you your entire galactic history and what are the most important galactic markers that you need in this lifetime? Why did you come here now? Right. And how are you supposed to unleash your soul purpose in this lifetime? And then the last part will be soul realignment which is where we take and realign you back to the information in the soul alignment is this is who you're supposed to be, right? This is how you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do. The soul realignment takes that we compare the two and we come to a realignment of uh, that original soul alignment. I hope that makes sense. Soul realignment hasn't happened yet, right? I haven't gotten to that. I'm not, oh, I'm almost there. <laughs> but I'm not quite ready to uh, unleash that uh, out there. But for the moment, a soul realignment reading uh, will be very helpful in getting you to understand who you were, who did you come here to be. Now, the only prerequisite for that soul alignment reading is that you have had some kind of human design reading, whether it was a full-on reading or a uh, basic reading. And it doesn't even have to have been with me. You just have to understand what your human design is because we're pulling that together uh, in your reading as well. 
So real quick, I'm going to go get the link so I can put it out there for everybody who might want that reading. And just fair warning, I'm, it's already booking out into the second week of May. And um, so I guess the footnote there is if you're interested, take me up on it soon. Although that is not going to be a reading that goes away. Um, primarily because it's part of something called the soul discovery experience. And all those pieces are being put together for everybody right now. So let, here is the link to do that. And oh, yeah, you got to show it on the screen. Boom. There we go. Good morning, Kathy Miller from Prospect, Oregon. Oh, you must be up with Aunt Dewey uh, visiting my uh, Janet's Aunt D. She's actually technically, well, she's not my blood aunt, but I think of her as one. She's just such a doll baby. And uh, anyway, let's go on. Uh, if anybody has questions about soul alignment or about uh, how to do that, there is the link where you can, it takes you directly to my calendar where you can both schedule and purchase that reading. Um, let's go on to what else is happening today. I really wanted to do this on Friday and I didn't get to. So today we're going to talk about what the human design or the astro design is of the sun at gate 27 and the earth at gate 28. Now we talked a little bit already about the earth at 28, but the, the, the sun at 27 is in the gate that in the gene keys we call selflessness. Uh, in quantum human de design, the gate 27 is called accountability. In traditional human design, it was called uh, responsibility. So it is a gate that sits on the sacral center. So we know that it has a lot of energy in it because the sacral center is a motor and the motor is always on. It's always humming. It's like the Energizer Bunny. It keeps going and going and going and going and going. But this energy at this gate works best in response to what is showing up in an outer world, not, not using ideas or inspiration as a reason for taking action, but using ideas and inspiration as the potential aha for what comes next when it shows up in the outer world. So this is the energy in the gene keys that selflessness and the highest altruism is the gift and selfishness is the lowest expression. So how we say it in gene keys is that it is the path of selfishness to selflessness via altruism. So we're learning to be more for ourselves. And as we are more for ourselves, we have more to give to others. So it is really about having your own cup filled through nurturing and doing the things that support yourself. Um, it is that stewardess or steward on the uh, airlines that's telling you if the oxygen mask drops down, put yours on first and then help anybody else around you. Because if you can't breathe, you can't help. Same idea here. If your cup isn't full, you can't keep giving and giving without receiving and filling up the cup, right? It has to be a giving and receiving kind of energy. It is also teaching energy. And it's interesting because the 27 would join with the uh, 50 at the spleen. And a, a few days ago or a couple weeks ago, I think now the uh, earth was at the gate 50 teaching us about 
well, what is our responsibility, right? Because in the 50, sometimes we get the message from things that have happened in our lives that we might need to micromanage our families, our children, our friends, our parents, our, or parents might need to, you know, take uh, control of their, their kids, even if they're adults, because the fear is I'm going to fail. They're going to fail in their responsibilities. And that would be a reflection of you as the parent or the person in control. So here, what we get is the idea of putting accountability and responsibility in the right places, right? If you've done everything that you can to raise your children, right, or to take care of those around you, um, you have to at some point untie the apron strings so that you're no longer accountable or responsible for them, but that they have learned the values, you've taught them all the skills to be responsible and accountable for themselves. So this gate is really the divine feminine energy of teaching uh, the values, self-reliance, self-sufficiency, essentially life skills, right? The rules of the road, how we behave in society, how we take care of one another, uh, how do we take care of ourselves? All of that is taught to our progeny or to our communities or to our tribes via the gate 27. But the 27's main message is about make sure you're filled, right? Make sure your cup is full. And so this gate is also a cooking, nurturing, nourishing kind of energy. But it can get ugly here as well when it becomes obligation. And obligation can lead us to martyrdom, right? If I don't do it, no one else will do it. I have to do it all, right? So that is, of course, undermining some of our energies. It can weaken us if we're not refilling our cups. So this is also part of a channel where we often see the health of the body start to deteriorate. And it almost even has DNA impacts because the gate at the opposite side of it is uh, in its lowest expression in the gene keys is corruption, not corruption like we think of in the outer world in politics or something like that, but a corrupted um, messaging, right? Where, the, you know, your DNA is being copied, right? When it comes to time for mitosis, the genes are copied into the uh, new uh, cells and it should be an identical copy, but sometimes the message gets corrupted and the new cell uh, isn't what it is meant to be. It starts the disease process. So we wanna really be careful here uh, as we learn about this energy that we don't take it and uh, use it as a reason for us to hold ourselves accountable for everything and everyone because it is about self-care first. Self-care first, learning to care without overcaring, we don't want to smother mother, right? We don't need to do that. Or caring for others from your own deficit. Those are the things we want to avoid. So self-care first, fill your cup, be strong, be healthy, be uh, energetically full, or you are giving from that deficit and, and uh, ultimately undermining yourself. In the lowest expression, we said this was selfishness, but it is also sometimes codependency and uh, can lead to things like guilt, right? And guilt and shame and all of these things can create 
uh, disease in the body as well. And remember, this connects to the spleen and the spleen is the center for not only fear and that type of thing, but the health of your body, right? So we have concerns here if we're overgiving that we're actually undermining our own health. In the highest expression, this is the ability to lift others up, to empower them, to do for themselves, to be their strength, to be their own self-sufficient self. Um, and it is concern for everybody's welfare, but not feeling the need to take care of everybody. It empowers others to be self-caring, right? Self-sufficient, self-reliant, uh, and also then teaches the value of filling up your own cup first, right? Self-care. So those are messages sometimes that we miss, right? That That's a very powerful one. Now that was the sun at gate 27. The earth is the challenge often to the sun. So what might challenge us to um, be caring of ourselves is the fact that earth is at the gate 28. And there's often here in this gate, the challenge. So if you are in the lowest energy of this gate, the 28, it is the purposelessness energy. And then we, we might not even be so caring about taking care of ourselves. We might not even realize that the reason that I have this purposelessness or this struggle feeling is because I've been overgiving. I've been overdoing. I've been, you know, filling every, everybody else's cups up, but not my own. So we might miss that. So in this case, sometimes it's those people that take the hard road, right? Sometimes I look at my husband, he does have energy at the gate 28. And I always think, why, why don't you do things the easy way? Like if you're, if he's on a path of doing something the hard way, you cannot change his mind. Nope. If I go up to him and I say, well, why don't you do it this way? It would be so much easier. It's like, nope, I'm in, I'm, this is the way I'm going to do it. Okay. So sometimes they take the hard road that leads to more challenge, that leads to more struggle, instead of seeing the adventure in it all and trying new things, trying new ways, right? But this gate does teach from experience, the experience of the road of the, the what is that, the road of hard knocks or the school of hard knocks. And Often at this gate, we can see a history of the family's struggles. So if there are familial struggles that seem to be passed down from, you know, mother to son or, or daughters to fathers to sons to daughters, um, we can see that by what planet sets up there. If it's the earth there, like it is today, then it is problems in getting our earthly feet on the ground seeing that our imagination is just one part of creation, right? The imagination is one part of the creation. The other part is to actually do something, right? To, to take steps, to try it, to see what might happen if it's experiential, right? You can't just stay up in your head. You got to come down to the ground. You got to try it. And if it blows up in your face, okay, that's just one thing I know now that maybe I don't want to do anymore, right? So it can trigger, though, a lot of survival energy, fear energy, because it happens to sit on the spleen center. 
So the highest expression of this gate is immortality, right? The gene keys is immortality. The gift is totality, the shadow energy purposelessness. So in Gene Keys Talk, what we would say, it is the path of purposelessness to immortality through totality, being all in, right? Even if it's a struggle, being all in and learning from the experience and then teaching others from the experience. So it's a really interesting gate. In quantum human design, we call it the gate of adventure or challenge. Depends on how you, like you could take up the challenge to uh, live out the adventure, um, or it can be the challenge as in I'm struggling, struggling, struggling to get where I want to go. So that is our human design energy for the next couple of days. We actually started that last week. Um, on the 28th, which will be Thursday, we move into the sun and earth at the gate 24 and 44. I love this gate combination. 24 meaning the gate of blessings. Uh, it is a gate of forgiveness, and it is a gate where we begin to retell the story of our uh, experiences, because if we get enough distance and we can look back, we can see that everything has led us to this time for a reason, and we get to tell what uh, and why and how that changed our lives. And then the earth at the final gate of the spleen will be done with the spleen energies after uh, May 3rd. And that will be the gate 44, which I think is going to be an interesting gate for us because it is often where we hold the fears of the past and the baggage that can come up as we take the next steps, as we move forward we think we're moving forward fearlessly and the first block we come to or the first trigger we come to brings up from the past all of the baggage, right? All of the stuff that happened or didn't happen in the way that we wanted it to happen. And we start the fear process of shutting down because now I'm afraid the past is going to repeat itself. So interesting, um, interesting week that we have coming up. We'll talk more about that if we can on Friday as well. Uh, and just uh, to throw it out there, we are at 10 choosing energy today in the Pleiadian calendar. Remember the 10 on uh, the week that we had Pia and Colin with us. Remember, they talked about the 10 and how important that energy is, because whatever it is we're focused on at this point is what we are bringing into reality. So if you're focused on the negative, that's being empowered and, and uh, energized to be your experience. If you're focused on the positive, then that is also being energized to move more towards your experience. And of course, then today we find ourselves at the path of choosing, right? That's the earth energy of the day is choosing. And in the Mayan calendar, it was ebb and ebb was the representation of the fork in the road, right? We come to a choice point. We can go right or we can go left. We can go to peace and joy and love, or we can go more to anger, disruption, and uh, upset. Uh, or you put that fork in the road in whatever is happening in your own life. Today is the day of choosing. Choosing. What will you choose, right? And we choose in many different ways by what we're focused on in our uh, emotions by what we're focused on in our passion or our hearts, and also what we're focused on in our mental awareness or our thinking. So try to keep those all aligned with what you truly desire instead of what you don't want. Right? 
you can use what you don't want as the comparison. Like if you're not sure what you want, you can use the don't want this as a way to see where you do want something. Okay. So you, that's the only time you can use that. And you let that one go as soon as you see it, right? If you're only using it for the contrast. Okay. That's not what I want. So that must mean I want this. And that's what I'm then going to focus my mind, my passion, and my emotions on. Uh, totality, Kathleen, Mallory, good morning. I'll see you in just a little bit. Um, so what else is going here? J-Lo, preach, Janet. <laughs> so I can share the overgiving to my daughter. They do not listen to me. <clears throat> if your daughters are not listening, they're not ready to hear the message. If they're not ready to hear the message, you are wasting your time and your talent on trying to get them to listen. So the best thing for you to do, JLo, in that instance, is to be the model, right? Hold the energy of that for yourself. Look to where in your own life that you're not aligned with that because they're in your life. They're showing this to you. It must exist somewhere in you or you wouldn't see it. So what does that mean for me? Where do I need to fill my cup? Where do I need to be more self-sufficient or accountable or responsible? Uh, or where do I need to take better care of me? Right? When do, when do I get to get what I want? That might be another question that you can ask for yourself. So um, there we have that. And JLo says, I'm buying a huge black bag for the number 44. So when it creeps up, I can throw it in there and hit it with a hammer. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that, that's one way to deal with it, right? Or to just release it, right? Just to let it go. And I think, you know, that Scorpio being the repository right now of the South Node, which is holding all of the baggage, I think next week might be a little bit of a trip right? Because it's coming, uh, the new moon, uh, solar eclipse is going to be happening with the earth in that gate 44. So I think what we are going to do is we're trying to move forward fearlessly, we're going to hit bumps in the road of those old baggages, the things in the in the bag back here that we don't need in order to move forward. <laughs> Could be fun. All right, guys, I can't believe an hour has gone by. Hopefully I got everything out that I wanted to talk about. I think I did. Uh, in the meantime, you guys have a great day. Oh, I should draw a card before I leave just for fun. Let's draw a, let's draw a galactic heritage card for us for this week. Let's see how living in alignment with the stars can be our model of the week ahead. We haven't done that in a while. I've had too much to talk about, I guess. Ooh, this one jumps out. Ah, Whoa. Um, leaving home uh, is it Essasani life path of a parallel in a parallel world leaving home 104 which is a five five is about constructive use of freedom but also change also taking steps forward and let's see that is an interesting one I don't think we've had it before so this card, the Essasani, a cross between humans and Zetas, eventually had to integrate all their lessons, evolve as a species and leave home, walk into their own future and find their own path. Humanity is facing this challenge now as we struggle to find ourselves. You too are at this critical nexus point of evolution. This is a beautiful yet bittersweet place to be. You must do your spiritual homework, make conscious and courageous choices, 
and find your own path. Do not fear who you truly are. This represents the potential for a new birth and the importance of consciously creating your future starting now. There we go. That's not, there's no mistake, right? That card is perfect for all of us. All right. Now that brings me to a close. Take care, everybody. I will see you on Friday. Have a great week. Bye for now.